Hi, this is Kathleen Thompson from OneHistory.org. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in the main. Right. Right. Yeah, don't look down there. <laughs> That's okay. No one's caught on that we're on Facebook Live yet. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, everyone, we're on Facebook Live. Go to Facebook. But that worked. My, my bag works great as a screen there. Cool. That, that very bottom part that you don't want to see. And I moved that over there. Now, is it reading forward or backward? Because I can see on the screen. It's, I don't know. I'll check on my phone. Um, because, hey, the Mike Novak Show is live now. We are live. Sorry about that, Robert. Robert uh, uh, Denwood's here in the studio with us, and he's not prepared for any of this. <laughs> I mean, he just he came uh, screeching in here, uh, and uh, he is our first guest, and we'll get to that in a second, but we didn't prepare him for Facebook Live. But Yeah, we are live on Facebook right now, so if you want to see what's going on in the studio, I guess I should move the mic. Uh, no, this is even better. I'll just... I'll just do it like that. That's that's a much better shot. Uh, that's Peggy Malecki over there. Uh, how do we, uh, Robert? Just for a second, come on sure. over here. Yeah, we're gonna have to move him over. There he is. There's our guest. Say, wave the face to the <laughs> folks on Facebook Live. We actually might get two or three people who uh, who who see us there. You uh, you can sit down for now, and then we'll bring that over. But don't sit on that bolt. There's a bolt on that chair. I don't know why. <laughs> I'll try to avoid that. Okay. Honest to gosh, I looked over there and it's like there's a bolt. It's like probably part of the microphone. I was thinking Frankenstein sat there before Robert got here and lost uh, part of his neck. I don't know. Uh, welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. What a beautiful Sunday morning! Gorgeous it out there. It really mm-hmm. is nice. We've had some rain for the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I don't think it's going to be. Uh, uh, 117 degrees in yeah. Chicago today, is it? It's supposed no, to, it's supposed, supposed to be in the in? 70s today. Yay! Give that a ding. There we go. Uh, you can even see the dingers there. Ooh. Um, and uh, so uh, my uh, watermelons are coming up. Robert will be happy to hear that mm-hmm. and cucumbers. and Very nice. The squashes are not in the ground yet because we don't want to get squash vine borer. So they're in, they're in their little pots. Put some cantaloupe in yesterday. Uh, cantaloupe. We got cantaloupe that has crawled. I need to take photos of this. It's crawled up the uh, the concrete slab in our dead neighbor's yard. 
and we're growing vegetables in my dead neighbor's yard. Oh, and everybody wants to no know dead neighbor, what, it, what, is, what does that mean? It's, it means my, my neighbor's no longer alive. <laughs> uh, it ceased to be. But we get to use her yard. So uh, we were using it anyway. She was mm-hmm. nice enough to let us do that. Of course, she was, wasn't exactly like focused on that uh, at the end there. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, stuff coming up. It's great. Uh, the tomatoes. I've We've got, Kathleen, if you're listening, not only do we have uh, new hybrid tomatoes, that was Dr. Harry Clean, University of Florida, gave us new hybrid seeds, and mm-hmm. second year in a row we're growing those. We've got tomatoes on the green zebras. We've got at least a tomato. We've got a tomato on, oh, what's the other one? Uh, the uh, Wisconsin 55s. I've, I've got two flowers that are starting to do tomatoes on the Wisconsin 55. They uh, seem to go early, yeah. so... Very cool. And others on the way. So that's what's going on. On today's show, a ton of stuff, starting with uh, Robert Denwood there in the studio. He is with the Elgin Hops Project. We will explain what that means eventually. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. I, I kind of have an idea. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we will uh, talk to him uh, to start the show. Uh, then we have the folks from the MPKS, which is the Midwest Pond and Koi Society, my old buddy, Bob Passavoy, is going to be on the phone and talk to us about... Fancy fish. Fancy fish. Koi. K-O-I. With uh, bright colors. And if you go to my website, MikeNovak.net, you'll see a photo I took of them at mm-hmm. the Midwest Ponded Koi Society show three years ago when I was there and I spoke. Uh, and next week, Peggy and I are taking this very show. Be, be prepared for this, Ben. We're taking the show on the road next week. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah, oh, that... good. I don't have to see them next Saturday. That's the ticket. Uh, and anyway, we're on the road next week uh, at the Midwest Pond and Koi Society 25th annual show, and uh, uh, and Bob will uh, give us a preview of that. And then uh, in the second hour, Chris Johnson, Andrea Reed in the studio. We got lots of folks in the mm-hmm. studio today, which is why I've got the bag in front of the big sign there. Um, to talk about modern electric, modern metro electric service to the south side of Chicago. And the south suburbs. And the south suburbs. And it seems like, wow, there's not a lot of people paying attention to how people get to the south side. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. It really is. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. And, of course, your phone calls are always welcome. 847-475-1590. It is the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. On 1590 WCGO Chicago's Smart Talk. We hope you stick around for a couple hours. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is now open. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll have a head start on the season. Peggy and I were there last year, and the expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. 
Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. This is your talk. And this place is really something else, huh? Only on 1590 WCGO. Evanston, Chicago. Nothing says Father's Day <laughs> like Zydeco. Uh, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Yes, happy Father's yeah. Day. And you're, you're a dad, too? Yeah, first one I have a male celebrate last year I was working. Oh, congratulations. And uh, that is uh, Robert Denwood on my left, your right. On the screen, wave. There he is. He's even on the and and I was I was telling Robert. I said uh, you can share this on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. and of course, <laughs> Robert Robert doesn't have a Facebook. It, it, it's, it's unplugged. A, yeah, once 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 the project takes off uh, a little bit more, but uh, yeah, that's that's probably soon to come. But uh, reminding folks who are listening to the Mike Novak show live streaming wherever you are today, one of the places you can catch it this morning is live on Facebook. We're streaming it right now. Mm-hmm. Good Remind- morning, Joey Baird. Uh, oh, hey, Joey and Scott and uh, all those other people and Kyle uh, up there. So uh, thank you so much. And that is uh, Robert Denwood. Now, you've got an interesting story because I'm looking at your hoodie there. <laughs> and, oh, oh, no, no. Oh, no where, yeah. where did I see? Did you take off your other? It was the hat. It, it was, was the hat. hat. Bring the hat oh, over there. Okay. Go over there. Right. Grab that hat. What you got here? What's it say on it? Oh, it's just uh, it, this is a this is a sort of a firefighter apparel called Black Helmet. Now, is this your official firefighter? Of- no, this is not. This is just this is just uh, an apparel store that you can that is popular amongst <laughs> firefighters. So now, now in fire departments, they make you get your own hats these days. Is, is that how that works? No, it's I, bling. I, it's I guess bling. it all depends on the budget. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. You are a firefighter and a paramedic. paramedic. Yeah, yeah. All right, and and in Elgin? No, west of Elgin. West of Elgin, Hampshire. yeah, a, yeah, a small town called Hampshire. Oh yeah, I know where Hampshire yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, beautiful small town. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how how did you become a uh, paramedic and a firefighter? Oh, uh, well, uh, geez, I was going to going to school at NIU. I have I got my bachelor's degree there, but while I was in what getting my in what uh, psychology. So and then and well, then this of course, is this story this story gets more and more interesting. <laughs> it's a little strange. Yeah. yeah, I okay. I just I've always always valued working with my hands and and kind of seeing results from my work. So uh-huh. 
and I was sort of going into the um, human resources path with okay. the psychology, and and I I don't know, I kind of struggled with it, and I I was talking with a, a friend at a party one time who happened to be <laughs> going in. The... It always happens. Uh, was it in the kitchen? <laughs> No, not uh, front porch. It was a front porch Ah, scenario, ah, yeah. And uh, he started going down the firefighter path, and I thought to myself, "Boy, I didn't even, Mm -hmm. I didn't even think that was an option. Maybe, maybe I could do that." And that's I got onto a volunteer department while I was uh, going through college, and that led to going through EMT and going through fire academy, and then getting hired onto a department and progressing into into paramedic. And I've been a, a Working paramedic firefighter since 2011, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, but in the fire service and for how does about the, nine years. And how does psychology fit into that? Uh, come up with something, come up with something. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Don't make it up. Or maybe, yeah, maybe make it up. That's what we do here. Every, everything is uh, is on the fly. Uh, so you're a firefighter and you're a paramedic. Yeah. And you meet this woman and she kind of opens your eyes to... My wife, yes. Yes, who is now your wife. She is now my wife, yes. Right. Um, and now you have a child. We have a child. Yes. Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, Ivy is my child. She is uh, 17 months old, um, and she is a handful, which is great. And uh, It's a great name, by the way, Ivy. Yeah. I thank you very much. It goes along with the we, hops. We couldn't figure out a name for the longest time. We just both hit on Ivy all, uh-huh. all of a sudden. We're like, really? Yep, that's it. I like that name. We didn't even know we were having a daughter yet. We were and, hoping for a daughter after. And you want to know why I like it? Because it's not trendy. Okay, it's not yeah. trendy. It it feels a little old fashioned, but also kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like so it. before you met your wife, did you know anything about gardening? <sighs> did you know anything about? Uh, my only experience with gardening was my mother's vegetable garden growing up, and it really wasn't all that complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, gardening came about with my wife kind of introducing me to plant based diets. And healthier eating. So is she a vegetarian or a vegan? She is a vegetarian. She was vegan for a while until she got pregnant, and it was very, very hard with her cravings and things like that. So vegetarian. She's an animal lover, um, and she's really brought me around to the benefits of eating more wholesome foods directly from the Now, have you become a vegetarian yourself? I... I am because I know I know you're plant based, but I know you're taking heat from your fellow workers at because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've read it on your uh, blog, by the way. Yeah, I, I, a little I, bit. I, I I probably eat a little worse at work um, because of the hours, and you just gotta mm-hmm. some, sometimes you just gotta get calories where you can. Listen, um, my former producer Heather Fry um, uh, is married now to a Chicago firefighter, and back in the day. When we would produce the show one Sunday, she said, "Okay, we're going to go have breakfast with the firefighters mm-hmm. after the show." Oh yeah. my yep. goodness! Yeah. I mean, big <laughs> plates, oh stuff, and yeah. you dig in, and yeah. they're not paying attention to calories. No, though. no, yeah, it's it's or, or it can health be <laughs> or health necessarily. So. It can be yeah, it can yeah. be intense, but uh, you know they value getting food in when you can, especially you don't know what you're going to mm-hmm. be doing that day. So. And 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 to some degree. <clears throat> Uh, that's really important uh, because, for one thing, you don't want to be hungry when you're at, because you don't know how long you're going to be out right. on yeah. on a call. Sometimes right? it's it's literally a pack of Oreos in between calls and things like that. <laughs> wow! <So laughs> it's just whatever whatever the hospital supplies in between calls. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me grab this and this. Yeah. And... So what I read, uh, and you've got. A, by the way, you should know. That uh, Robert's post, and that's Robert Denwood, um, 
his post is called Elgin Hops Project. The Elgin and, Hops and I, Project, yeah. Yeah, the Elgin Hops Project. And, uh, <laughs> and and I wrote on the blog last night, you had me at Elgin Hops Project. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, but you write that your eyes opened and you changed the, uh, uh, the way you looked at the world and you looked at nutrition after yeah. you uh, met your girlfriend who became your wife and... Um, you started thinking about food in a different way. Yeah. I, in fact, I even got diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was 22. Wow. Really? You yeah. don't look like I'm, a guy who would have high blood pressure. I get that a lot. Yeah. And, Not, you, and you were that skinny then? Too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've always been this thin. Wow. Tall, thin. I was an avid runner, you mm-hmm. know, 10 miles at a stint, uh, worked out constantly, and just, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So that was, I, that really, that really kind of uh, affected me negatively because I always thought I was really healthy and, and, uh, um, it, it just—it was one of those things where my my sister always told me. My oldest sister, yeah. she's uh she's actually a doctor, and she's like, "You got you, you got to eat more vegetables." I was like, "I eat a lot," but she's like, "No, eat you have to eat more vegetables." And you know, I didn't really get you know, mm-hmm. okay, I'll eat more vegetables. <laughs> Put a little spinach in the omelet or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but well, my... that's, that's a start. Yeah. yeah. It, it, ain't, it ain't everything, but <laughs> it's, it's a start. start. So yeah. how, how did you transition from eat more vegetables, buy them at the grocery store, to, gee, we should be growing our own? Oh boy, that's a that's an even longer story. So I was actually <laughs> go for it. We got all the time yeah. in the world. So I, I was At actually least five minutes. Um, with with the birth of my with with getting married and the birth of my daughter, and uh, I was actually working much further out east um, for a uh, a contract fire department, and um, I had a really hard experience, and they were incredibly busy. I, I don't think I ever really slept through the night maybe once and I was always gone and pulling overtime shifts and things like that and you know my daughter was very young had just been just been born mm-hmm. and uh, I kind of went through a period where I was like I you know I don't I don't know if I can do this anymore and kind of a little bit of really getting down on myself and and home, home was kind of tough and I really started looking at you know alternative careers actually and um it was it, it sort of kind of opened me to a lot of different possibilities, and I'm me and my wife go to the library a ton. Um, it's one of our favorite places to go, pick up a movie to watch at night. That or, is uh... so cute and so <laughs> so retro. I we love the library and uh, and books, and so I started reading, and I I, um, I don't remember, but I I think I I realized that. Uh, even planting a little bit of stuff or, or tooling around in the garden really focused me, and, and everything kind of else, everything else kind of fell fell away, and I became a lot more focused. Focus is a big thing for me. I'm very <laughs> unfocused person. You you did say earlier on that you're ADD. No, oh is yeah, that, is that literal or that is literal? Yeah, really, you really are. I, yeah, okay. it takes me diagnosed. It, it's very it's very difficult for me to focus, and I'm sure if my wife was here, she'd start rolling her eyes and start telling you all about it. But, I uh, thought maybe you were going to bring her today. I just and the kid. I, so. I she she has she's, so she's in school right now for uh, physical physical therapy assisting. Okay, so she needs all the time she can to to sit down and study. So I offered, yeah, but I bet I bet she's not studying right now. I bet she's actually listening to the show. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and not la- and not laughing at me. Okay. Oh, you're um, doing fine. Thank you. No, no, you're I doing great. great. Okay, good. Back good. to the story though. Uh, you started gardening and in, in a. I, I realized that it really focused me, and I I, I really felt at. I, I had it just did great things for me, uh, getting my hands in the dirt and mm-hmm. just these simple little things of, of clearing my mind and really focusing myself of just being out there and and tending to the plants, even just pruning or doing whatever. And so I started researching um, 
farming lifestyle. Uh, my wife had always wanted to move out to uh, North Carolina, the Asheville area. Mm-hmm. That's actually where my eldest sister lives. We're very jealous. And uh, and uh, so I started researching uh, farming, and it, it was slowly progressed until I was like, well, okay. So it's it's what you eat, you know, helps with your lifestyle and helps with your health and things like that. But then I started reading books. Primarily, I stumbled across um, Kristen Olson's "The Soil." Will oh, Save I meant Us. to bring that. I meant to bring a copy. I got a copy at home. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, yeah. it was great. Okay. I, it was on the fresh picks and on the on the wall of the library. It's called "The Soil Will Save Us." Mm-hmm. Kristen Olson. I have been meaning to have her on the show for what a year and a half now, and it just hasn't happened. So. And there goes Peggy. She's going to write. She's writing it down. This, this she she keeps track of these things. And I've got the book at home. I haven't even finished reading mm-hmm. it. I, I mean, I picked it up and I too. went, "Oh, this is really interesting." And what she writes about in the book is the different ways that people in the world uh, are 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 dealing with soil in non traditional mm-hmm. ways yeah. to to rejuvenate the soil. Yeah. And she says. Uh, the the title of the book is the soil will save mm-hmm. us. I think that needs a subtitle. It should be the soil will say save us, but only if we save the soil. Yeah, That's only if we're paying attention. Yeah. No, I think only if we save the soil. Well, that we, what we, I mean. Yeah, I know. But mm-hmm. um, so th- uh, you read that book? Yeah, I read that book, and it really opened my eyes. It's it, it's not only what you eat, but it's really how the things are grown. Um, because uh, you know, even even organic produce right now which is far superior to something which is commercially grown with all the pesticides and everything there's still an allowable amount of things that you can spray on organics and well there's there's organic sprays organic sprays there's there's all organic treatments there's biological controls there's all kinds of stuff you can do and uh and even that it's it's not a, a focus on the soil for the most part unless it's it's maybe somebody who is incorporating some of that as well and I realized that, it, or it, the book explains the importance of the soil for countless number of uh, ecological benefits, um, social benefits, economic benefits. It's, uh, I mean, everything. <clears throat> um, and I think right, right about the time that I was reading that, California had the uh, the dam problem with the flooding. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you do you, are you aware of that? I'm not. What, what in particular? I, I believe about? it was um, a dam in uh, in the north. They had a lot of rainfall. Yeah, that was the dam that almost broke. Yeah. Right. Okay. In California. And, and I believe it, it was associated, well, one of the big things about restoration agriculture, and that's that's mm-hmm. what it's called, um, is that it, you know, prevents soil erosion because that's a big problem with commercial farming is, you know, it's this hard pan soil. So every time it rains, it washes all that topsoil away. Mm-hmm. And that's steadily happening with, with tra- well, quote unquote, traditional farming, um, restoration agriculture, turns the soil into this big sponge so it's you're not only getting your the best sort of uh outcome from the littlest amount of rain it absorbs all that rain and really distributes 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 it much better instead of it rolling off into rivers and lakes and wherever what and, cre- and what creating dust bowls and things, dust things bowl. oh like yeah that, i think there know? was something about that in american history yeah i don't remember that exactly yeah. Um, so it, it has it has far-reaching effects uh, from um, soil uh, or erosion control. Uh, it, purif- it can actually purify um, local bodies of water, rivers, mm-hmm. lakes. Um, you don't have any runoff of any of that chemicals if you are using chemicals, which I you know I don't think is necessary. Um, it, just all these things, and it, it, it you can literally take uh, dead soil and you can rejuvenate it. So a lot of places in the world that are having 
issues with you know it's interesting you're talking about rejuvenating the soil and a lot yeah. of it is it's is something that Peggy and I say on this show all the time it's about biology and mm-hmm. our our motto is it's the biology stupid yeah. and uh and that's that's part of what you're doing is mm-hmm. is if if you have no biology in your soil you have no soil yeah you know yeah. you, you don't have mm-hmm. much to work with because it's because it's not just minerals mm-hmm. right it uh, is a it's a it's an entire it's an entire uh, under the under the earth ecosystem. Well, and yeah. and, th- and that's the thing. And again, stuff I wrote, I went, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about because you you start talking about soil food web. <laughs> you got his attention. Yeah, you got my okay. attention when you said soil food web. I want to I want to clarify. I'm I'm no expert. <laughs> I started this six months and, ago, and that's the point. You're not an expert, but you you started reading. You started doing your homework on this. You're 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 a guy who, and you mentioned, and I think you kind of glossed over this a little earlier how. You, I guess, as a paramedic and as a firefighter, yeah. saw the lifestyles of people out there and yeah. how basically unhealthy they yeah. were. People, I mean, because you guys like you see a lot, don't they? Yeah. Behind the scenes, it's like there there was this book about police. I want to say like twenty years ago called "What Cops Know." Yeah. You know, and they know everything from the upper strata to the lower strata of yeah. humanity. Firefighters get some of the same stuff. I, I feel like anybody who goes into homes of strangers on a regular basis sure <laughs> you see a lot you of see stuff a lot yeah and, and you what you were seeing was unhealthy people right you know people you know people in their 30s or 40s yeah, with diabetes about, and, and heart, heart problems and, heart attacks yeah. and and people are not getting healthier and there's this i think right now it's like the biggest um the biggest like exercise craze and health craze and people are still having these health problems and partly because they're not eating right and that's what we will get to when we return that's robert denwood he is the owner operator of the elgin hops project you can always call us 847-475-1590 it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki we will continue our conversation right after this Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycled product containers, and use LED lighting? Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. 
Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. We're going to be here for a long time. Only on 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Now, I, ha- I had to play this because you're not growing this stuff. You're growing hops. And we're, we're going to get to that in a second. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on 1590 WCGO. Chicago Smart Talk. Robert Denwood from the Elgin Hops Project is in the studio. We've been doing his whole mm-hmm. life story. And I just, we are live I, on Facebook, too. So Yeah, come that's right. Us. Yeah, we're, we're live on Facebook if you want to see what's going on in our big red studio here. Um and so we get to this this idea. We set up that first segment so we could get to this second okay. segment, which is you watch you you have this lifestyle. You 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 realize a few things about uh, the world and mm-hmm. see other people, and you see yourself, and you think you know there's got to be a better way of doing things, a better way of eating, a better way of uh, of I guess connecting with the planet mm-hmm. as yeah. well. So you you decide to start the Elgin Hops. Right. Pro- what the heck is the Elgin Hops project? I mean, really, I think it's tooling, me tooling around in the backyard. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I, I think it is important. Um, now, I have a pretty large backyard, but I tilled up about 2,000 square feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just move this because okay. I'm, I'm paying attention to the camera. I'm paying attention to the camera, unfortunately, okay. too. Okay, um, there we go. So I tilled up about 2,000 square feet in my backyard um, and planted. It's primarily for uh, hops, for beer. Um, but uh, also um, barley and oats and a very diverse polyculture of beneficial companion plants. Ooh, he said polyculture. Ooh. Okay, so let's define give, give polyculture. Me, give me a ding on that. All right, right. <laughs> okay. That's a beer ding. Yeah. So, oh, that's right. I forgot. We had beer dings, too. Beer dings. Polyculture. <laughs> polyculture. So, yeah, so it's a mixture of uh, legumes, uh, so clovers and mung beans and lentils, beans. Um, which uh, provide nitrogen for the soil. So a lot of people call it green fertilizer, um, uh, cover crops. And uh, along with lots of tap roots to break up the soil, because why do I ever really want to till again? It was a terrible experience, um, which I wouldn't have to. Uh, if, I had, if I farmed the same plot of land for the next 200 years, I would only till that one time just to loosen up the, t- the grass. And it was really clay back there, so... So polyculture, um, and what that does, or what I'm hoping it's doing, and I can kind of see it's already doing, is it's attracting a lot of beneficial insects. It is really uh, supporting the um, ecosystem beneath the soil. Um, the plants, uh, plant life, from what I've read, is not very Darwinistic. They all help each other out a lot um, in a lot of unseen ways. We're still learning about it. Uh, but it's really, it, it's, it's growing a lot quickly to let it die and increase the biomass of the soil 
um, to make it more spongy and, and the, the root structures break up the soil, make it more porous so it can collect more water and keep it for longer periods of time. Um, and so it's doing a whole bunch of stuff, attracting those beneficial insects. Um, and I, I tell you what, when I look down at the soil, you, five spiders scatter and I'm, I'm discovering carnivorous beetles that I've never seen before. So if I see something that I've never seen before, I go look it up. Um, but, you, but okay, you've, ta- <laughs> you've taken on a load here, okay? Because for one thing, okay, uh, I've gone to the um, Michigan State site about hops. Okay. And they say right here, we, we've gone to Michigan State a lot uh, recently, Peggy. At the Michigan State, they say, it says, demand for organic, organically grown hops from consumers via the brewing industry is on the rise. However, mm-hmm. due to high nitrogen requirements and severe disease, weed, and yeah. arthropod pressures, hops are an extremely difficult crop to grow organically. Currently, the majority of the world's organic hops are grown in New Zealand, mm-hmm. while other countries, including China, are beginning to increase organic hop production. Land under organic hop production in Washington State, where 75% of the hops in the United States are grown, mm-hmm. increased from 1.6 hectares to more than 26 from 2004 to 2010, and other hop-producing states uh, demonstrate a similar trend. This is a hard thing to do. Uh, in fact, I looked at your blog, and, yeah. some, and you wrote about some guy who said, you're not doing it right. Yeah, right. I'm not doing it right, apparently. Apparently. So Which, what does the crop look like right now? Uh, it seems to be doing just fine. Uh, really, I think it comes down to yield. So this is the first year. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have told me that it, you know you really don't get a sellable yield until the second year. Uh-huh. Um, but really, everything I've planted is just for the benefit of trying to improve this well for the hops. So... Um, you know, I've got the grains and the grains are doing just fine, um, because perennial, I mean, uh, annuals seem to do just fine, even in porcelain. And, and the point of the grains is what? Uh, well, maybe cover I crop. S- well, n- not because they're taking up nitrogen too from the soil. Right. right? Um, so uh, cover crop, maybe, uh, it's more, I can grow something that will provide a lot of biomass to the soil because mm-hmm. grasses, a really heavy biomass load. And also it gives me something I can sell. So so you're going to sell that, too? I'm going to try. I haven't had any buyers yet. I think a lot of people are skeptical and or maybe not wanting to reach out to me because they think it's more expensive. But truly, this is going to – if it's grown in Have this way – Have you had anybody reach out to – I mean, the idea – do you know any brewers uh, who are saying, let me know next year what your hop cro- uh, crop is like? Yeah, uh, a, a few people who have been interested. Um, there's nothing actually – in the works, it's just a lot of talk right now. <laughs> I think my I think my first grain crop is actually going to go to a couple of buddies who would do home brewing mm-hmm. uh, that I have. Um, so the so the grain is also for brewing. It's, oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, all for brewing. Yeah, malted grains is what goes into the brewing yeah, for different right. types of different types of brews. Uh huh. Yeah, and so. you you got some buddies do some home brew. Yeah. So uh, they got a still out back. Is that what's going on too? <laughs> no, no, just, still. It's, it's, okay. Lots of stainless steel steel cookware mostly. Um. So. Uh, uh, and it's. I think I'll probably get only a bushel of each mm-hmm. out of my small plot, um, but uh, I mean that's enough for uh, a fifty-pound bag, something like that. And I only planted five pounds, um, but we'll really? see. Like okay. I said, like I said, this is this is a three-year experiment, yeah. so I'm learning as I go. Um, and uh, the whole point of all of this is to say, well, you know what? Um, I bet that hops can be grown a lot easier with a lot less effort, and you can also focus on soil health. Mm-hmm. Um, which will, I, but why, but why hops and not something else? Uh, so you, you picked a crop yeah. that is notorious uh-huh. 
notoriously difficult to grow organically. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and did you to 15 did foot you, long right. vine. And as, yeah. and as you were planting the hops, were you also taking a ball peen hammer and going doink, doink, doink? No, no, no. Yourself there's, in the a, head? there's a very simple explanation as to why hops. Um, there are people doing this right now with uh, with traditional crops, corn and soybeans. And it's they're making it work, and they're they're doing wonderfully. You know, three after twelve years, four feet of wonderful, beautiful organic matter, hummus. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, actually, that comes from Gabe Brown's Gabe Brown's ranch out in um, out in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I won't talk about that. I'll talk about the hops. Uh, corn and soybeans aren't really cool with my generation. <laughs> so, but what's cool? You know, hops, beer, craft mm-hmm. beer is huge, yeah. and it's getting ever bigger. And Especially IPAs. Uh, uh, yeah, right. And, and you know, the hot, it's like the king of the hops. Mm-hmm. Who can get the hoppiest beer? And uh, so that really is what it comes down to. It's the, the, the soil is what's important to concentrate on, but nobody's going to get on board, get really excited about corn. It's just, it really comes down to this is what's really popular right now. A lot of, uh, a lot of um, buyers of craft beer and people who get into the craft beer culture, uh, you know, are. Yeah. Middle class, upper middle class, they have a little bit more money. They have a little bit more possible influence, and that's just my own idea. But if they can get on board and realize that this huge boom in growing hops and people are going like, oh, I want to start a farm here and start a farm here. If you can have all these little farms or even larger farms that focus on soil health, boy, I mean, that can do a huge – that can have huge impacts and huge uh, ramifications in the agricultural world because this is yeah. becoming really popular they're seeing people people's hops farms are becoming even more profitable. They're already profitable right now, but if you can cut down labor costs, input costs, all that stuff, you can get even more of a return. Mm-hmm. And that can spread the word a lot faster. And it so, was kind of interesting. I noticed that several small breweries had mm-hmm. tagged your article. Oh. That was in the Daily Herald great. on Twitter. Good. So they're finding it. They're picking <laughs> it up. She's going to do so your marketing interest. for Perfect. you, okay? You, you need Peggy. <laughs> I'm hiring. All right, I can't should, pay much. Yeah. Well, well, she's used to that. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let's say, all right, that everything goes well. Yeah. The hops are successful. You have a really good crop this year, and by golly, there's it's even better next year, and uh-huh. you realize, hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So do you... Do you start looking for more acres, and do you make this a real going concern, or is this just an experiment? Uh, the so the consensus between my wife and I is, um, yeah, we we want to do the small farm thing. Um, she would be obviously working as a PTA, hopefully at that point, but uh, I would m- turn it into a business enterprise. Um, so if, you're serious about this? This is not this is not just. Um, a lark. There, there seems to be a lot of interest in this. I only started six months ago, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I have people contacting me about, you know, working together or doing cons- consulting work. I have. A, and by the way, if you want to contact him, you you go through me. Okay, I'm just telling there you people go. right now. You go Here's through. agent. There's uh, five, <laughs> I'm his marketing it's, person. It's, it's only five percent off the top. Okay, that's it. That's I, I cap it. I'm I was going to give it you six, and you're, but it's okay. I'll, I'll do five. We'll go six. Okay. Uh, but no, uh, or five but, and some beer. Actually, you get you just go to him by going to uh, the Elgin Hops Project, uh, and you can Google that, or you can find it on my website, MikeNovak.net. Yeah, uh, or even direct email. I, I don't get many much email right now, so. I don't know. We'll see if it explodes or not. But Elgin Hops Project at, at Gmail dot com, real simple. Oh, okay. All Elgin Hops Project at Gmail dot com. Yeah, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, and and it is kind of interesting because you you found something 
that's trendy, yeah. that uh, catches captures people's imaginations. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of there's a there's a big upsurge of you know educated college educated people who are who are stuck in a job and they're they're thinking it's this big return to the land again. I think we had one in the 60s, 70s, something yeah. like that, and now I feel like it's happening all over again. And you're learning in the meantime about the soil, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that might be the most interesting part of it. Not most interesting, it might be the most valuable part yeah. of this. And, and in the meantime, you get to teach people yeah. about the soil and about biodiversity and about soil food web yeah. and about all those other fancy schmancy terms <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that you found in your books. Well, we're out of time. See how fast this went? Uh, that's Robert Denwood, uh, the Elgin Hops Project. Thank you so much, Thank you very much for Mike. coming to the studio. And uh, tell your folks to watch Facebook Live. Live, It'll be posted up there. And uh, we're going to follow. you got to keep in touch, okay? Okay. And we're going to follow you. what happens with this. And I want the first uh, bottle of beer uh, out of that uh, Hops Project. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. More to come. MPKS is next. Stick around. Your family and pets spend a lot of time in public parks, schoolyards, and on your own lawn. And you want those grounds to be not only beautiful, but safe. Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston company with a decade of experience successfully creating beautiful lawns naturally. Logic works with homeowners on the North Shore and also with schools, park districts, and cities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas naturally. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. Let's face it, sometimes we overdo physical activity. That's when to give Dr. Bonnie Flaster a call. Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at restorethenorthshore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Well, it's all. If you raise the koi, you please. Uh, let's bring in Bob Passavoy, an old friend of mine. Uh, not that he's old, uh, but he's been around a while, but so have I. And Bob Passavoy is with the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. Robert, good morning. 
Good morning to you, Michael. How are you? Okay. Should I say Dr. Bob, maybe? You I don't can say that, too. Yeah. <laughs> However, uh, and the reason uh, Dr. Bob is on the show this morning, and it's been a long time since we've talked on uh, live A&M radio, uh, is because next week, Peggy and I are packing up all this stuff here, and we are going out to the Midwest Pond and Koi Society 25th annual show. Yeah, and this is a big deal. It is a big deal because, and you made me aware of this, uh, and so did Charlene, that there are about a hundred uh, organizations like yours in the country, four, four of which have managed to stick around for 25 years and have 25-year show. You're one of four. And or actually one of five. Five? Uh, San Diego, ZNA, SoCal, uh, Portland, and Southern Arizona have made it uh, past 25. We're one of five, but okay. it's a proud thing. All right, then why did you write four? But never uh, mind. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's next week, and uh, it is – at uh, the the Big McCook place. Uh, yeah, that's the Max. The Max. And uh, is that what everybody calls it out that way? That's what they call themselves. Oh, okay. Uh, we were trying to figure this out. Uh, Peggy and I have been having some fun with it, actually, because um, they it is called specifically, and let me find it here, the Max Athletic and Exposition, but they don't say facility or or place or whatever. It's just, so it's, yeah. everybody just calls it the it's max, the, huh? Mm. The, yeah. <laughs> it's just the max. Uh, you know, if you get down in that particular part of the city, uh, it's uh, huge warehouse after huge warehouse after huge warehouse. And you actually have to look at the signs on the side to figure out just exactly which one has does not have you know huge layers of boxes, but actually has <laughs> an innumerable number of indoor soccer courts. And of course, uh, you will be playing soccer and inviting all the people there to play soccer. Uh, no, yeah, right. And what color was the sky on your planet, Mike? <laughs> Fish play soccer. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, they do. Uh, but that's a whole other story. Can you? Can you? Okay. That, that takes us into uh, the weird question about koi. Can they be trained to do anything? Uh, well, they can be trained actually to come and eat out of your hands. <laughs> okay. uh, they can be petted. Uh, we have a fairly large older fish who in his youth loved to be picked up and thrown back into the middle of the pond. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, from the standpoint of uh, pet. Uh, they are about the same uh, kind of reward as you get from a puppy or from a kitten. You know, they learn behaviors, I and lo- on top of that, they're beautiful. I, I love the Snuggling idea. Snuggling with the koi. Yeah, what I love the well, idea. Well, you know, this is Chicago. We sleep with the fishes, yes? But um, but give them a ding. Thank, thank you very <laughs> thank much. You. <laughs> thank you, Bob. Uh, We're out of time now, right? Yeah, that's it. That's all the time we have. Good night, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... The whole koi thing, the pond thing, you and I have talked for many years about Absolutely. this. And I've learned a lot from you about this. The, the main thing I've learned about ponding is if you put a pond in your yard, the next thing that happens is that you want a bigger one. You've told me that for years. <laughs> no, I'm on my fifth footprint, so you're absolutely right. So you've you've increased the size of your pond five times. Well, yeah. Uh, we started with two water lilies and a muck bucket. So, you know, it ain't hard to get bigger from that. Uh-huh. Uh, we are now running 4,400 gallons, which at least in our club is a fairly small pond. 
Wow. Uh, but, yeah, um, if you ask any member of our club, the majority of them have been through at least three. I, I, I wrote a story on uh, some ponds. Oh, my gosh, I want to say a decade ago for Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. and uh, Pump Boys, as a matter of fact. Uh, I still have that. Oh, my goodness. And uh, and I got to see some incredible yep. ponds. I mean, people, they uh, this is their life uh, sometimes. Uh, they, they just they pour all this energy and create the most magnificent, beautiful, uh, soothing features in their backyards. And, of course, part of the, the soothing uh, uh, feature is the the koi that are they yeah. in there. Beautiful colors, mm-hmm. and as you say, um, they're entertaining also. Yeah, well, it's it's motion through the water. The Japanese call it living art. Uh, and and one of the th- um, a number of the things that are going to happen at this uh, event. And by the way, it's at the Max. At the uh, Max. That's at forty seven fifty South Vernon Avenue in McCook. Illinois yeah. for three. The easiest days. way is First Avenue uh, West on Forty Seventh Street. Uh, you can access it along Forty Seventh Street from uh, Lagrange, and uh, that uh, avoids uh, First Avenue. Okay, and it's three days: the twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth. That's next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We will be there. Peggy and I will be there on Saturday, right at this time, ten to eleven. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, next Saturday, 10 to 11, our usual mm-hmm. Saturday time. Uh, and uh, we will be talking to you and other people, and I hope some judges will learn about koi. Um, uh, and uh, there's seminars there. Uh, the things that folks don't think about all the time, which is to say scalation. I didn't even know there was a word called scalation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're really, really excited about the seminars this time through. Uh, The three judges' seminars are uh, their their theme this year. Uh, This is the annual uh, judges' training seminar that we're hosting this year. That is another big deal. But their theme is quality, and they're doing scalation, skin quality, and color. Uh, but the one that I'm interested in is the chief judge, who's going to be talking about the rules of koi keeping, yes. <laughs> how to bend them, and what happens when you break them. I Uh-oh. have that on my on my blog, which you, I think is very uh, funny. God, you have to be there for that one because Steve is wonderful. Uh, I love the idea of bending and breaking koi rules. Uh, well, there are a bunch. <laughs> I'll bet there are. Uh, but in addition to this, of course, you've. Fo- I think the important thing for folks to know is that. You don't have to be uh, a koi nut to come in there. You can come and just see the fish, watch them swim around in the tanks. I did that three years ago when I went to uh, one of your uh, ceremonies and your sure. uh, events. And it's really cool uh, to see that, of course, those fish will be judged. People bring in their fish for judging. Uh, but you also have a banquet. You have a yep. chance for people to schmooze. You, As you said, you have seminars. You're going to learn stuff. Uh, and then, of course, you have an award ceremony as well. Is there a marketplace there, too? Can Say people, what? Can people purchase fish and plants? Uh, we will have at least uh, five koi vendors. We will have uh, someone selling aquatic plants. We have an embroiderer. We have a custom embroiderer. We have a glass artist who does lamp work at the show hmm. and can build you a garden bench with your uh, own mosaic on it. Uh, we have a wide variety of vendors and a lot of pond supplies. We've got contractors who build ponds, contractors who maintain ponds. Uh, I think we have about 22 vendors. 
who will be there, and very often with very nice bargains because it's a show special. So we're really looking forward to this. Uh, our sponsor is one of our koi vendors, uh, uh, the Klubeck uh, Fisheries out of Amana, Iowa, mm-hmm. and we're really honored to have them back again. Well, it just sounds wonderful. Peggy and I are very excited. We're very happy that uh, we can be part of this. Uh, it'll be good to see you. You'll, we'll definitely get you on the air. By the way, I got a tweet from uh, a Zan who said that uh, her ponds got smaller and smaller, so maybe you need to have a chat with her. She needs to come and sit and talk with us. She's doing it wrong. <laughs> she probably is. Uh, uh, Bob Passavoy from the Midwest Pond and Koi Society. For more information, go to mpks.org. We will see you next Saturday, Bob. I'm looking forward to it, Mike. It's going to be great. All right. Thanks a lot. It's right, the Mike Novak. You do. The right, Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. We got lots more coming in the second big hour, so stick around. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, be more specific. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Of course. Attack of the Killer Asparagus is required reading at Starfleet Academy. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Gwynok of Ninglador. Captain, shields are failing. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. Captain, it seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener, taking all our self-delusions, mishaps, and confusions, and playing them for big laughs. That's not very helpful, Mr. Data. No, it is, however, highly accurate. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt Before it goes from bad to feeling worse I turn off my phone, I get down low And put my hands in the dirt I try to stop the world from moving so fast Try to get a grip on where I'm at mm-hmm. And simplify this dizzy life And put my feet in the grass Although I saw the other day, we posted a thing at uh, the Mike Novak show on Facebook about lawns. A lot of people took off on that. Turf. 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 Yeah, that's what it is. It's it's not necessarily a lawn. It's turf, which is different. And we we use a lot of water on turf. Oops, sorry. That's okay. I'm just trying to get this thing. There we go. We've got a shared mouse here. Yeah, we got a shared (laughs) mouse. I couldn't. The screen had gone dark, and I had no way to. I suppose I could touch it. No. I don't know if it's a touch screen. No, that doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> touch screen. <laughs> see, uh, this is the problem with Facebook Live. People can see what you do in the studio. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Welcome to our second hour on a moldy Sunday. I don't know. Is it? Everybody's <laughs> sniffling. You're yeah. sniffling. Our, our guest coming up is sniffling here. Um, Peggy and I were looking a little bit. She's, uh, we've, been, we've been trying to get... 
uh, a mold expert on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to get the infamous Dr. Robert Leia on. Uh, Joseph. Joseph Leia. Sorry. Joseph Leia. Uh, who uh, Tom Skilling talks about all the time. We've got this high-pressure dome, and Dr. Leia says, oh, never mind. So if you're uh, out there, we're trying to reach you. Uh, <laughs> I doubt that he's listening, okay? <laughs> you never know. So we're going to have to track him down. And you said he's, he's like, very difficult to get a hold of. Yes. It, I've it, been trying. Yeah. Uh, because... You get to this time of year, and it's been an interesting spring, and, and I have a canary in the coal mine uh, who is Kathleen, all right? And mm-hmm. so far, she's done pretty well, and I think it's because it hasn't been this warm, humid heat, which we just got in the past couple of days. Yeah. So that changes everything because then the mold count goes way up. Uh, and I'm looking at this summary that you gave me for... That's from Friday. This is from Friday? Because uh, I somehow got about 15 of them on Friday. They just kept sending them all day. <laughs> Why you? Is there, is, do you have a special connection here? Uh, well, is, you can actually go and sign up to get the daily So why did you get 15 report? on Friday? Because um, I usually only get one. Okay. But you can sign up from... It's, it's, uh, and and this is about pollen and mold. And the trees had low concentration and the weeds absent. But the grass was high. The mold was high, and I assume it's the same today. Mm-hmm. And Probably after even more rain, the the mold is really. And high. then they have the different kinds of mold uh, here, like uh, Cladosporium. Oh boy, and Ascospores includes Leptospheria. Very good. Venturia, Escobulus, Diatripaceae. <laughs> Plesospora, Xylaria, Catomium, Sporomela, Claviceps, Ask. All right, enough of that. All right, where do people sign up to get that report? Though? You, you tell me. I'll find that. So. Okay, find that. But and, and the reason I, I was interested in this because I got something the other day. There's an app too. Mobile pollen app now available. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll have to get that, that. Have to get that mobile pollen app. Because I got this uh, article, and I don't know where this popped up. It's the importance of allergy-friendly landscape. And it was on this site called the Plantium, theplantium.com, P-L-A-N-T-I-U-M. And I was kind of interested because this article by a woman named Heather Henry was about the importance of allergy-friendly landscapes. Um, and I kept looking for the name Tom Ogren in this article, and I did not see the name Tom Ogren anyplace. Uh, and the reason I, I, I say that is because I've been talking to Tom Ogren hmm. about allergy-free gardening for at least a decade. This is a guy who's pioneered it, and I'm thinking, oh, come on, you got to give that guy credit. And the other thing I discovered is now the plantium showing up all over my um, uh, internet stuff. It's tracking you. The, it's tracking me, and the ad for plantium keeps showing up, and that really annoys me. We can kill that. Uh, well, I've I've got an ad blocker, which I don't think I've turned on because when you turn on your ad blocker, it it shuts down so many other things. It's <laughs> we live in a horrible world. Uh, at any rate, but Tom Ogren is a guy I want on the show. We, I know he he's gone all all over the planet. He talks about pollen corridors. Yeah, write that down. But I and I've got his name. Um, 
you know, for instance, we, we, we buy all these plants and we buy the males of the plants because they're not messy. They don't create fruit because we're all neatness freaks. And then what, what do the males produce? They produce the pollen. Mm-hmm. And then we line hospital uh, parkways and sidewalks and schools with these male plants, the clones, and they're all clones mm-hmm. and they're all males and they're all producing pollen. And we wonder why we're raising uh, a whole generation of asthmatics, in addition to the pollution and the other chemicals we put into our systems. This is, it's insane. And some people think he's nuts. And I'm thinking, no, he's onto something mm-hmm. here. And and now somebody else is onto yeah. it. And, that, and so that's it's why. The same with the trees. Uh, yeah. Well, the trees, of course, pr- produce so much of that. Mm-hmm. And why do you think people are sniffling all over the place? All right. When we come back, we've got a couple of people in studio Chris Johnson, Andrea Reed, uh, and we're going to be talking about the coalition for a modern metra electric why are we not serving our south side with transportation <laughs> i know the answer to that you know the answer to that but we'll talk about it anyways the mike novak show with peggy malecki have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is now open. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll have a head start on the season. Peggy and I were there last year, and the expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. See, I got this backward. The last Traveling Wilburys I played mm-hmm. in the other hour mm-hmm. was uh, End of the Line. Yeah. That should have been what I played right here. It should have been here. <laughs> oh, because, well. because we're talking about the end of the line. 
uh, with a couple of folks who should know. Chris Johnson uh, in the studio. You can't see him on Facebook. He's hiding in the He's corner. He's over here. All right. You, yeah, but uh, you can see, uh, is it Andrea or Andrea? Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. Well, my mother, Andrea. My mother says Andrea. Well, then I'm going to say it right. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea Reed uh, is the executive director of the Greater Roseland Chapter, or Chamber of Commerce, rather, Greater Roseland Chamber of Commerce in the Roseland community on uh, Chicago's South Side. Chris Johnson, uh, who you can't see in the corner, but you'll hear his disembodied voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, if you're on the radio, you just hear the voice. Yeah, okay. But if you're watching on uh, Facebook, because we are streaming live. On Facebook right now, Chris. Um, boy, you, you do a lot of things, Chris. You're a retired teacher and textbook editor, a freelance writer on conservation and environmental issues. You volunteer for the Illinois chapter of the Sierra Club, uh, serving as chair of the transportation committee, which led you to this, didn't you? And yeah. you you don't even live on the South Side, but you're interested in this issue. How did that happen? Well, we just started to, uh, about three years ago, we realized that transportation is a really key element of reducing greenhouse gases and affecting climate change. And so we have gotten involved in several issues, uh, bike, bicycle safety, pedestrian safety in Chicago. And uh, then we somehow made, I can't remember how, we made the connection with folks on the south side who, oh, I know how it came about. We were we had partnered up with the Active Transportation Alliance. They published a study about three years ago that identified transit deserts on the south side. These places, these neighborhoods in the south, the southwest, and the west side, who just uh, had no transit, poor bus service, no rail service. And we thought this was a great opportunity for us to connect with communities on the south side because increasing, improving public transportation is really a good way to get people out of vehicles, out of cars, and taking uh, trains and buses. And that's what we want. And and you've got um, a lot of coalition members there. Uh, it just uh, the uh, Chicago Southland Economic Development Corporation and um, Chicago High Park Village, Midwest High Speed Rail, the Active Transportation Alliance, as you mentioned, um, the Greater Roseland Chamber of Commerce, and that's why Andrea's here, uh, and and a bunch of people uh, who are interested in changing this situation. But it's, it's, and, and this is for you, Andre, because you know this. Uh, I have been doing radio in Chicago now for twenty years, um, and I'm a North Side guy. Although f- uh, for about three or four years, uh, I did broadcast from 60th and Pulaski, so learned a little bit about that neck of the woods. But just just doing radio in Chicago, you learn that the South Side has a chip on its shoulder because of they're perceived slight, and it's not perceived. It's real. Yeah, it really is. It's like all the all the money, all the focus goes to the north side, and and I'm not just talking about the cups, okay? I'm talking about everything. And folks on the south side are very sensitive about that, and I think rightly so. I think they really should be. And this is like this is a classic case. Here you got this train line; it's already there. It's already there. You've got opportunities. I was reading some of the articles um, uh, in preparation for this, and your area is ripe for development. There, Absolutely. There are properties, uh-huh. and there's there's a chance to, to have a boom on the south side, and you've got the infrastructure there. So why wouldn't money go into it? Well, that's a good question. 
that's the same question that we ask consistently. Uh-huh. Um, one of the great things that are happening right now um, that has kind of put us in a different light is the um, National Monument, the Pullman National yes. Monument. Yes, yeah, I was reading about so that. So we are anticipating over 300,000 tourists plus coming into the Pullman-Roseland community. Um, so transportation is very important. So we're looking at the Metra being a major carrier for people coming from all over, from the north side, the south side, from from many areas to our community. Um, but when we talk about the transportation issue, our concern is that the transportation be equitable. As you stated, on the north side, there's a bus coming. I mean, we don't have the problem. So the issue is when I see a bus coming every five minutes from everywhere on the north side <laughs> to transport you know, people. From the left, from the, the right, right, from the <laughs> up, yes. down, uh, you just turn around and there's... There's and, a bus. In, right. in, fact, in fact, the buses on the north side, they leapfrog. It's like they're, 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 <laughs> yep. they're stacked up back to back. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's, it's insane sometimes. And, and, and to see the challenges that we face with uh, one major bus coming from, say, Guild and transporting people from Argyll, the people that live far south mm-hmm. in our area really suffer. So it affects everything. So when we talk about transportation, um, in our community, we there's always been this thing about there being a food desert. But there really is a transportation desert. And it affects everything from um, job opportunities to um, getting to the, the place where you can get um, goods and services. One lady said that it takes her three buses to come from Argyll to the new Walmart. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And then there's and no the wall- direct. Is that the Walmart that's. Uh, um, right off the Bishop Ford at exactly. 111. Okay. Right. In the Pullman area. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's stationed. The Walmart is, is great opportunity for our community. However, it still doesn't serve the major population of our community. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know Walmart's answer would be build more Walmarts, where, <laughs> whereas our answer would be, how about some transportation? Absolutely. So when we talk about there being one Chicago, we know that that is not really, that, that's not true in our, in our opinion. <laughs> there seems to be, you know, two cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I argued that point for a long time because I thought, oh, no, 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 no. There, this is one Chicago. I've always said that. But when we look at, um, I attended a workshop at the Metropolitan Planning Council on the cost of segregation. And it became very clear to me that there is two cities. Hmm. Well, in this room, that is not a surprise. Okay. This this might come as a shock to some people, uh, certainly not anybody in this room. Uh, but, so we know that the bus system uh, is a problem. It's problematic there. And, of course, we're in an, an era where that continues to be cut back, that you're not going to expand bus lines. We're cutting them back. So we'll get to that. Maybe we'll get back to that in a second, but I want to I want to get to the electric line because that, as I mentioned, is already there. Yeah. Uh, and there's electric line. There's the South Shore. There's there's the the uh, 
metro the red elect- line. The red what? The red line. Well, okay. Well, I'm I'm speaking of the electric, the, okay, the metro, not not CTA at the moment. Uh, what else is there in terms of uh, there's there's other metro service to that area or, or anywhere near the area? Where's the, where do the South Metro lines go? I don't know, actually. The metro the metro electric line has three branches. You know, they split apart at Hyde Park and they go to South Chicago. Harvey and uh, Blue Island. So they serve the southern suburbs as well as the uh, city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's uh, so there's, that's the main metro del- service to those parts of the city and, and the southern suburbs. Okay, uh, all right, here we go. And I, and I found uh, and I found this map the other day. I was, I was doing a little research on it and, and I look at the the electric line is the, basically the one that serves the south east mm-hmm. right south, south due south due south uh and southeast uh then other metro lines go more southwest and you're saying that right now the electric line that serves the southeast part has uh inadequate service right basically right and there are threats to cut it more peggy and i Absolutely. were mm-hmm. looking right. there's you're There's having uh, meetings this week. There are meetings and, this week, yeah. And yeah. Uh, if it's already not up to snuff, right. what are they doing, cutting it back even more? Well, I went to a Metro Board meeting a couple of weeks ago, and they're saying that there is low ridership on the South Chicago branch and the Blue Island branch. So, and there is growing ridership between Millennium Park and Hyde Park. So it makes, to some extent, it makes sense for them to add trains. But they shouldn't be robbing Peter to pay Paul. They should be adding trains where the service is increasing. And then for the South Chicago and the Blue Island line, they should be upgrading the service. They should be running trains more frequently. One of the big problems also is the condition, and Angie can talk about this, the poor condition of several of the stations on the south side within the city. And here's another problem, the fact that people have to pay two full fares if they take mm-hmm. a CTA bus. There is no venture card. There is no transfer from the CTA buses if you want to take a metro yeah. train, which is totally insane. So if you're trying to get to work, it's going to take you a long time and cost a lot. It'll cost 7 bucks to get downtown. Yes. That's uh, that's And that makes it very, very difficult for folks. That's right. Uh, on the south side. Uh, the people on the south side work at O'Hare. It ta- Andrea told me it takes friends of hers two hours to get from the south side mm-hmm. to O'Hare going one way. Because there is – the problem with Chicago is it lacks a unified transportation vision or system. You know, years ago we lived in uh, the Boston area for mm-hmm. many years. And one, I got one card every month that took me on the light rail and on commuter rail. And why doesn't Chicago have that? Uh, you know, an integrated system so that people can get one fare that takes them everywhere. And that we have this fragmented system with CTA and Metra and PACE, and there's no effort at all to integrate those and to really make the transit system serve people. And that's, and that's the primary thing that we want to see happen in the Chicago area. And why do you think that effort still isn't going on? Well, when the RTA was created, it wasn't really given enough power to truly integrate the different systems. Mm-hmm. So they remained separate systems with their own power bases. And that's that. so the RTA does not have the power to truly integrate them. 
uh, my state senator, who's Daniel Biss, who is running for governor, um, he presented a bill about three years ago to empower the RTA, and several studies have shown that we need a truly powerful RTA that could do more than just have funds run through it to the different agencies that could truly integrate, integrate fares, integrate service so that you could coordinate bus schedules and the Metro mm-hmm. service on the South side. But there is no effort to do that. Uh, we're talking to Chris Johnson with the coalition for a modern Metro electric, Andrea Reed, executive director of the greater Roseland chamber of commerce. Also in studio, our phone number eight, four, seven, four, seven, five, fifteen ninety. If you'd like to, comment on this how do you get people's attention you've got all right you're you're you've got daniel <laughs> daniel biss there you've got uh the, the sierra club you've got the active transportation alliance uh these are uh, the not, chambers the chambers involved uh who's not paying attention rta I mean, you say rta doesn't have any uh influence or or or, or, or authority to do this who who needs to have the authority to do this well, i've been saying for the longest that um, the legislators will listen to their constituents. So we need more um, boots on the ground, more community organizing um, activities to take place. You need more people taking the trains, too, yeah. if, well, if they were you know, just doing that. I attended a focus group at Chicago State University, and, um, and it was regarding the metro. There are more people that are interested in taking the metro, but as Chris stated, there are conditions that cause people not to take the train. Because it's more expensive for one thing. Well, not, they don't care about the cost. What they care about is safety. Yeah, the and stations. They, and they, yeah. they, are, they have been overlooked and, and, and considerably in poor condition. People have been robbed at certain stations. So there needs to be, if you compare our stations to the other areas, it is shameful. Which stations in particular are, are troubled? So we're looking at, you know, the Chicago State University Station at 95th Street. Then there would be uh, uh, the station at 115th and 103rd. Now, 111th was just improved mm-hmm. quite a bit because okay. of the Pullman. Pullman. Yeah. But the others That's have what you been... need. You need you need another Pullman on uh, all along the line. And, yeah. and you know, the other things, uh, you know, folks... There are folks who are going to make the argument, hey, look, everything's going on on the south side now. we got the Pullman, uh, the, the Obama Library is going to come to Hyde Park. That's why we need to add more lines to Hyde Park. problem is they're going to stop at Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. They're not going to end up going the rest of the way. Yeah. They're cutting the services substantially. Yeah, I don't know if this is the 115th Street Station you're talking about. May 28th, fire destroyed it, Well, according to DNA Info. Okay. Is anybody going to fix it? But but I had yeah. seen some photos online of a couple of those stations, and yeah, they almost looked abandoned. They looked so right. bad. It was very dangerous yeah. looking and dark. And if you're coming and at night, you yeah. know, in the winter time, it gets dark pretty early. So if someone getting um, off work is not going to want to come through there at uh, even at four or five o'clock when they're when they're um, coming home from work. Mm-hmm. All right. We will continue our conversation. We need to take a short break here. Give us a call, 847-475-1590, if you want to talk mass transportation. And how do we improve it in the, the city of And this is, you know, this these are part of the Chicago area. These And, and, and as we said, this is an opportunity uh, to make our city greater. Uh, 847-475-1590. 
Chris Johnson and Andrea Reed. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on 1590 WCGO Chicago's Smart Talk. We'll be right back. Did you know that there are 17,000 chemicals used in the array of common household cleaners? But only 30% of these are tested for side effects on human health and the environment. In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. The average household has 3 to 25 gallons of toxic materials in the house, most of which are cleaning products. When buying cleaning products, avoid anything that bears a poison label. Duh! but especially products that contain diethylene glycol, formaldehyde-based deodorizers, triclosan, phenols, petroleum solvents, perchloroethylene, and other hard-to-pronounce stuff. Check out sites like EWG.org, who have done the homework for you already. Or make your own. It's an easy, non-toxic solution. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and, of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. Chicago gardeners, are you really proud of your garden this year? Well, why not enter it in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, open to residents of the city of Chicago and presented by the Mike Novak Show, Illinois Extension, the Shed Aquarium, Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and Natural Awakening Chicago. The awards provide recognition to the hard work and creativity that make our city a healthier, more beautiful place. They support the pride we take in our neighborhoods and help us build our communities. Types of gardens include ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens such as green roofs and walls, rain gardens, sidewalk cafes, and more. Categories include small and large buildings, schools, and other organizations. There's even a special category for community gardens. You have until June 23rd to enter, and it's free. Go to Chicago Excellence and Gardening Awards on Facebook or click on Chicago Gardening Awards at MikeNovak.net for more info. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? Now my blood's flowing. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with uh, Peggy Malecki. You were doing some research, Peggy, uh, during the break uh, about that fire. Did you find some more information? It's the Morgan Park Station on 115, so it's not the Metro Electric. Ah, okay. It's a different Metro. And what happened there? Did, did we it, see? It, somebody set it on fire. And it was a historic building, and they were supposed to start platform renovations. And this was on May 27th. So they're okay. going to have more than platform restoration at this point. Yeah. Something else we learned during the break, and if you were on Facebook Live, and we are, you, you, you heard us because our microphones are still hot when we do that. <laughs> That's okay. You didn't say anything about it. <laughs> That's okay. What's that? It's really not the trains. The trains are, they got new trains mm-hmm. on the Metro Electric down there in south side it's it's the stations and the fear that folks mm-hmm. have uh at those stations um so this is the issue we're we're talking about and we have a list of the uh, meetings that about the service changes 
there's one uh, tomorrow at South Shore Cultural Center, 7059 South South Shore Drive. Uh, and then the next day at the Flossmore Village Hall. And then the next day at Blue Island City Hall. And then the next day at the Polsky Exchange, University of Chicago at 1452 East 53rd. So you can go from the meetings about Jackson Park that we talked about yesterday to these. I know. On the same day. It's, it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of stuff going on down there. Uh, and do we have those posted where folks can see them? Uh, Peggy, are we? What? Right there oh, on right. Facebook. Oh, they're right. oh, cool. uh, don't, don't just point. <laughs> they're on. They're on that thing that's up there. <laughs> I'm going to quote somebody and and say, "Use your words." Okay. They're posted to Facebook. Thank you. And uh, the link is posted to Twitter. All right. Uh, so we we need to mobilize you. Uh, and and uh, um, are you? Uh, do you have folks who are going to show up at these meetings? I assume you do. You, you're working at that. Well, that's exactly right. We have uh, we have recruited members of the coalition to go to each of these meetings and make mm-hmm. and uh, several of us, uh, Andrea and I, and several others went to the Metro Board meeting two weeks ago and voiced our uh, disagreement with the service cuts. Uh, I was going to add. And that, when are those supposed uh, to happen? By the way, pardon the service cuts. We don't know. So they've just been proposed? You don't right. know They've just when. been proposed, yeah. Okay. And the board is in the process of discussing them, making decisions, getting input from the public. Okay. I'm sorry, and I interrupted you. Well, I was going to say that uh, the coalition has uh, three specific asks uh, that we've been working for. One is to operate the metro electric lines, more like the CTA lines, with trains running every 10 or 15 minutes. And, and how often do they run right now? Uh, sometimes an hour and a half in the uh, middle of the day. <laughs> That's so. kind of unacceptable. It is not acceptable. Yeah. During It's more frequent during, uh, during rush hour, but uh, in the middle of the day, if you want to get downtown, you're out of luck. I saw one something you posted about how you can't get to downtown for nine a.m. What's that all about? Hmm. Didn't you? That was uh, that was uns- okay. Uh, I didn't mean to, to sucker punch you there, but that's one of the things I saw, and I and I don't know that that's I'll be able to track it down right now. Yeah. But but go ahead. Yeah. With your. So the second the second ask is to integrate Metro Electric fares and schedules with PACE and CTA and allow people to use the Ventra card uh, at, uh, Ventra, at uh, Metro Electric stations. And thirdly, and this is more of a medium-range vision, we would like to have it possible for people to have one seat ride from the far south side, southern suburbs, to O'Hare Field going through McCormick uh, Place and Union Station. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, you know, the city's doing studies for high-speed rail connecting Union Station to O'Hare, and uh, that's a great idea. We support that. But we would like to see it possible for there to be a seamless ride from the far south side all the way to O'Hare because a lot of south-siders work at O'Hare and other, you know, growing areas uh, for jobs in the uh, suburbs. Yeah. But there's there's no direct way to get to Midway, I assume. And from Midway there. is another issue. That's right. Oh, when, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's right. The uh, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the program that Active Transportation Alliance had done a study and Center for Neighborhood Technology issued a study of transit deserts. And they had a really great plan for improving transit in the entire 
Cook County, six-county region. And one of those was to build new transit lines that would improve access both to Midway Airport and to O'Hare and uh, in the, on the west side of the city. Uh, and the other thing you bring up, which is important as we, we talk about this, uh, is the environmental be- benefits of doing this. Obviously, the goal is is try to get people out of their cars. Right. Uh, transportation being the second largest source of greenhouse gas emissions, accounting for 26% of greenhouse gases in the United States. Uh, obviously, it would reduce the use of buses and cars, uh, which and this is an electric service uh and uh electric rail uh as you wrote to me is the most energy efficient form of transportation uh this side of walking or biking a person who rides the train emits three times less global warming pollution than sedans 8.6 times less than suvs 13.2 times less than pickup trucks that's right it's an extremely efficient uh form of transportation and as our grid moves more toward alternative forms of energy from solar and wind, that grid is just going to become more efficient. Mm-hmm. And that means uh, that the metroelectric, other electric lines, uh, are going to become more efficient and emit less uh, carbon pollution. So it's really the way we should be going. And uh, we favor high-speed rail for the same reason. Uh, if we can... Uh, you know, if people were able to take high-speed rail in the Midwest from Chicago to Milwaukee, Cleveland, Detroit, they would emit much less carbon than flying in an airplane. Well, we Which, can't. We it's it's practically a non-starter, high-speed rail in the United States, right. which which is a sin, right? And it's another example of how backward we are. That's right. And how the world is just passing us by. The world and we're, is passing us we're by. We're just do-de-do-de-do. We're so stupid. Big oil, big oil. Yeah, big right. oil. Right. Exactly. Right. I was, uh, in, in the course of doing research, I was surprised to uh, read that London, maybe 10 years ago, put in a uh, uh, congestion pricing to drive downtown London. And that money is put into improving their mass transit. So every year they're putting something like 350 million pounds into their uh, their subway system mm-hmm. and their bus system. So that uh, they're taking the cost, the, the environmental cost of driving, and they're using that to make the downtown area to improve mass transit throughout London. I think that's a good approach. I don't know if we're there politically to be able to do that kind, take that kind of approach. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the very least, if we had a carbon tax, we could be moving some of the, those funds into improving and making public transportation more accessible. Back to you, Andrea, about... Uh the Roseland community and communities in the area. One of one of the things that's happening in Chicago, and I know because I live in Chicago and I and I live in Logan Square, not on the boulevard, folks. Please, uh, <laughs> well, you live on the boulevard. Yeah, I'm a gazillionaire. I'm running for governor too. Um, but uh, I'm finding, and a lot of people are finding, it's very expensive to live in the city of Chicago. And that it's just getting worse. I don't even, frankly, I don't know how most people afford to live in the city of Chicago. But we have these areas on the south, east side, of, uh, as we alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. that are ripe for people to come down and move to and and create a whole new vibrant neighborhood. Um, this, I imagine that the, the electric is just one piece of the puzzle. Um, how, how, what else are you doing down there to, to encourage people to come to uh, your part of the, uh, the city? 
actually, um, one of the things that we're focusing on um, in our business district, uh, we feel that if we could attract people actually that live in the community to shop locally, that would be fabulous. Um, currently, we don't we don't have that. The majority of our businesses are we call them commuter businesses. Okay, they don't live in the community. Um, so we our focus has changed to um, assisting people that live in the community that uh, want to start a business that are basically operating from their kitchen table and just need the resources to get their businesses up off the ground. So um, through our Let's Talk Business workshops, we're um, beginning to be more aggressive about reaching out to our constituents and, and locals to um, find out what new innovative ideas are out there, what type of businesses they are looking to um, start, and we're working hands-on with, uh, with that population. We think those are great stories that we could tell, that here's a community that has been grossly overlooked. Nobody wants to come and start a business or just say the big boxers, which are really having problems. Retail is, is, is shutting down all over. Yeah. So if we can. And, and, and you would obviously rather have community businesses than, than box stores because it's been shown that the money goes back, the taxes go back into the community. Let's take a quick phone call. Uh, Sandra in Bolingbrook, good morning. You're on the Mike Novak Show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to share my experience. I'm currently looking to live on the south side because it's closer to family and church. Um, and I'm trying to commute to downtown Chicago in 40 minutes. Andrea's so. waving you down. She says, come on, come on down. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> Without having to transfer. And I'm having, and I want to live in a, a community that, you know, has affordable housing and amenities. And it's, I would love to come to the south side of Chicago. I just need to figure out the transportation side of it. Um, and that's kind of what we're going through right now. Well, Secondly, I'd also like to point out that the addressing the transit um, issue is a huge carbon drawdown strategy, which means that we'll be able to be more efficient and emit less carbon into the air. So I completely support what you are um, advocating. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll put you in touch with Andrea and you, uh, you talk to her and then figure out how you can make that happen. Thank you so much for the call, Sandra. Really appreciate it. Uh, we are, uh, out of time. Uh, thank you so wow. much. Uh, both of you, Chris Johnson, Andrea Reed. If you want more information about this, go to modernmetraelectric.org, and we have that uh, link uh, on mikenovak.net. Thank you both for coming into the studio. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. We'll wrap it up right after this. Is this the year you finally get your lawn off drugs? But why stop there? Why not work with your city, your park district, and your local schools to create a neighborhood of lawns that are beautiful and safe? Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston-based company with a decade of experience managing large turf areas naturally. They'd be happy to sit down with you, your local school, or city to answer any questions and to give you a free lawn care estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. 
A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. A Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. Okay. What are we listening to? I have no idea. The Munsters. <laughs> this is Plants versus Zombies. Oh, Plants versus Zombies. <laughs> Well, I played that on the show before, a couple of years ago. Plants versus zombies. Well, that's that's what it always is. Sorry, I hit that other thing early. Oh well. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we're 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 wrapping up here. A uh, couple, of, you know, we were talking uh, because uh, Andrea and Chris are still in the studio. With, you know, some of the best conversations happen uh, off air, and uh, one something I'm kind of surprised at is. All the people who try to get to O'Hare and Chris, pull that mic over again one more time. Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised. It's so far to get right. there. You got to go all the way through the city, then all mm-hmm. the way out to O'Hare. Right. And I and believe me, I'm not a fan of Piatone Airport or any any of that development down there. I just not. It's like we we've done enough developing, but it seems like folks need to jump through hoops of fire just to get out to where the jobs are. And that's one of the things you were talking about, Andrea, is that that's where the jobs are, right? Yes. So um, changing our community, transforming our community, making things better on the South Side involves economic development, people having jobs. When Mm -hmm. you have a job, you can buy your own house. You can put food on your table. Um, You less likely to go out and knock someone in the head for the money, right? So... We need to do all we can to make sure transportation is equitable for everyone because that's the driver. Mm-hmm. Transportation, whether you're driving in your car or taking the mm-hmm. train, taking the bus, you got to get to work. And um, and that's our major um, challenge with having, we look at the Metro Electric being an additional mode of transportation. As we talked about earlier, on the north side, you got a train coming every, a bus coming every five minutes. So we don't have that luxury. So to have the Metro Electric running every 10 to 15 minutes certainly will um, help to 
uh, add that additional mode of transportation that would make it easier for people to get to opportunities. Uh, and the other thing we, we discovered is the thing I, I mentioned earlier, the 9 a.m. Yeah. Did we figure out what that, that was all that, about? That's all about it's very difficult for people on the south side to get, for instance, if they're working at O'Hare and their, uh, their job starts at 9 a.m., it's very difficult for them to get to a job by that time because of the, um, the long commute time. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is people end up driving mm-hmm. and adding to pollution and uh, the congestion that we already experienced. So, and the cost for them and just the cost, to drive there. And the cost. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of the things uh, we were talking yesterday with uh, Juanita Irizarry from Friends of the Parks about the Obama Library. And one of the things that concerns me, frankly, is because it's not on an L-stop, that there are going to be more cars. It's right. just going to just bring a whole boatload of traffic, right. although there's already a boatload of traffic because Lakeshore Drive basically routes through Jackson Park to get to Stony Island to right. get to the Skyway. Right. Uh, but if you're talking about all the people that are going to be coming to Pullman, well, all those people are going to be coming to the Obama Library. What is it going to be? It's going to be vehicles. It's mm-hmm. going to be cars. Yep. Uh, and that's one of the reasons it's so frustrating that it's located where it is. It, yeah. it, and that's the other reason why we were pushing for the Metro Electric, right. because I'm also on the Pullman Transportation Committee. Mm-hmm. And having all those cars coming to Pullman is a challenge, because where are they going to park? We don't. The community is a small community. Yeah, too. it is. It's, we call it our little Peyton place, a little Mayberry, <laughs> as you will. And no, the Bishop no, like Ford's Peyton already so cr- so nice crazy and congested as so well. We, we need the Metra running mm-hmm. to bring people to the area. So those are all the postscripts of our conversation. Yes. <laughs> we, yes. we, we thought it was over. It's never it's over. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, we have a couple of things going on today, don't we, Peggy? That uh, you wanted to mention. Uh, this is actually coming up Wednesday, June 21st, summer uh, solstice and the beginning of summer. Isn't also Deborah Shore having like a fundraiser on the 21st, I think? She might. I think she does I'm a solstice, sure. solstice thing. Okay. every. Solstice. Yeah. Well, this is the Summer Solstice Fest and the Greenbelt Home Tour Preview. The Greenbelt Home Tour is going to be um, July 22nd to 23rd, but this is June 21st at the Roof Crop, 1516 West Carroll. It's going to be a fundraiser. Um and a group called Eco Achievers is celebrating summer, but letting people get a preview of the home tour, which is um, part of Passive House Alliance of Chicago as well. And uh, you can just look up Summer Solstice Fest and Greenbelt Home Tour and uh, get more information. Okay, poke. Uh, <laughs> something that, uh, and you sent me information, which I haven't really had a chance to. What was that me? That was your microphone. Wow. That was your... I wanted to say, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, wow. Uh, that was the plant zombie. Yeah. Uh, I got something from the uh, Illinois PERG, the Public Interest Research Group, uh, Abe Scar at uh, at Illinois PERG, uh, about Old Spice, of, old, of all things. And a lot of people use Old Spice. And as in, like, aftershave and deodorant and personal care products? As in that kind of. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And especially since it's Father's Day. <laughs> that one, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's father. That's right. Did we did we even mention Father's Day today? Yes. Okay, we did once. Okay, yes, because we, we, we wished Robert a happy Father's Day. Um, <laughs> but apparently, 
they uh, they refuse to let people know what's in their fragrances. Uh, they're one of the companies that is just refusing to do this. Um, it says months ago, Axe and Degree took a step in the right direction when they pledged to disclose the previously secret ingredients used in their fragrances, but Old Spice has made no such commitment, leaving consumers mm. in the dark as to which potentially harmful chemicals are in its products, which is just sad. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, and so uh, Perg has sent me an information. Obviously, they want me to sign a petition to tell Old Spice to step up to the plate and do it right. And then you sent me information about fragrances in stuff, which I don't have right in front of me. Do you remember what that was? Well, I had actually... Oh, here you are. Yeah. I had actually sent you some other products that use natural essential oils, et cetera, as, and, and they're very transparent. There yeah. are more natural products out there that you can buy. Because you, you there's... Fragrance tends to be... Most of it is artificially created, and who knows what's in it. There's a lot of petroleum products. There's a lot of other things in it. And mm-hmm. you're putting that on your body, and it's being absorbed. It certainly is. So uh, I just I thought that was uh, that was interesting. Uh, I, let's remind people that uh, this is the final week for the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, although there's a rumor that the uh, application date might be extended to the 30th of June. Right now, it's till the 23rd, which is this Friday. Mm-hmm. So if you're a gardener and... Uh, and you're you, in Chicago. And you're in Chicago and you want to get involved, you should let people know. Community gardens. Uh, community gardens, any personal gardens, uh, go to my website and uh, look up Garden Awards there uh, on the homepage and, and you will find that. It's called Chicago Excellence in Community Gardens. Uh, and then next week, next Saturday, 10 to 11, Peggy and I will be out at the Max in McCook for the uh, Midwest Pond and Koi Society 25th annual show. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I got lots pic- of pictures of fancy fish. Lots of pictures posting. of fancy fish with 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 fancy colors. So, I want to thank everybody who was uh, on the show today. The folks who are still in the studio because they're waiting their their photo ops here, <laughs> uh, and that's Chris Johnson and uh, Andrea Reed. Uh, want to thank robert denwood for schlepping all the way in too from elgin holy smoke i hope he's listening on the way back out uh bob passavoy from the midwest pond and koi society of course our engineer ben boquist until next week peggy malecki go green or go home Uh, stadler oh what is that it yes it's over how'd you like it i don't know i slept through the whole thing Well, you didn't miss much.